All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Live from the Music City, Daily Faceoff Live, a June 26th edition in person. Frank Saravalli, it feels good. It feels good. And everyone's here as well. The city really is buzzing with the NHL draft. Yeah, teams are uh, just getting into town. Some of them late on Sunday afternoon and evening. And the trade chatter is only going to intensify between now and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. We do have a lot to get to on today's edition of the show brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. If you want to get in on some NHL draft props, they have those up at Botano and we'll dig into a few of them throughout the week and later on today's show. Stephen Ellis is going to pop by as well for the next wave. His brand new final mock draft is up at dailyfaceoff.com. But first, Frank, a lot going on around the NHL, or maybe I should say a lot not going on. That's where we're going to spend the first few minutes of today's show. Let's start with the one trade that did happen, though. The Nashville Predators sending Ryan Johansson to the Colorado Avalanche. And in exchange, it's, well, not a whole heck of a it's lot. It's nothing. It, it's nothing. It's yeah. the rights to Alex Galchenyuk. Who and, they're not resigning, by the way. Okay. And the Preds keep 50%. We're starting with this. Maybe just walk me through both sides of this deal, why Colorado wanted to pull this off, and then maybe what Nashville plans to do with the well, space. The easy answer why Colorado wants to pull this off is they feel like Ryan Johansson is still a value play at $4 million for the year. And when you consider 
you know, the productivity that he may still have in his game, 63 points, 27 goals just two seasons ago. Can he get back to that level playing with some more talented players in Colorado? Cap space is an issue. Even with Landis Cog out for the season, they still have other players that they need to sign to fill out their roster, still have some other potential trades that they might have to make for cap consideration. So their budget was limited to go out and get that all-important second-line center. And I think... The question that you would have asked yourself if you're the abs was given that Chris McFarlane was in Columbus and knows Ryan Johansson pretty well. uh, Jared Bednar was in that organization, but I don't think they crossed paths. Would you sign Ryan Johansson to a two times two years times $4 million deal in free agency? And the answer is probably. And the fact that you didn't need to give up any assets in order to get a player like that under control just kind of makes sense. So is this a Lars Eller replacement or is this a JT Comfort replacement? This is a, well, there's this probably a Lars Eller replacement in the short term. I think they're still trying to, it's a really good question. I think they're trying to get JT Comfort done, but what this does is really provides them with some insurance and happen because you've got McKinnon and then you could go with Johansson if need be. And if you're able to keep Comfer and all of a sudden you're really set down the middle with Comfer McKinnon and Brian Johansson, but probably I think would ultimately potentially spell the end or at least make them a little more comfortable walking from JT Comfer. If they could think back to last year, they went out and got someone like Evan Rodriguez, for instance, to fill out their third line center spot, plenty of three C's that are available on the market. $19.5 million in cap space for the Predators. Two firsts, two seconds, three thirds, three fourths. What's Barry Trotz cooking up this week? Well, I think the big thing that you're probably not going to hear him say too loudly is I think the reason, part of the reason that move was made, not just to get off of the contract of Ryan Johansson for increased flexibility, is culture change. Mm. They wanted to do things a little bit differently in Nashville this time around. Barry Trotz spent some time around the team, has a real good grasp of what fits and what doesn't. You saw all the pieces that they moved out. And a lot of people are saying, Tyler, oh, the Preds are rebuilding. They're rebuilding. I think they, Kind of are, but I think it's closer to a reboot. I have no evidence that someone like UC Soros is available. So you have Soros, you have Forsberg, and you have Roman Yossi as your sort of pillars for your team. I don't view that as a team that's bottoming out. Mm -hmm. And I think they're probably going to, at some point, they're going to use some of those picks, of course. They're probably going to leverage some of those to make this team a little bit better in the here and now. They've got a long way to go. It's not a short road, but I think this is the path that they want to head down. Let's talk about what didn't happen over the last 48 hours. And also, if you're watching live on our YouTube stream, drop us a question. Hashtag AskDFO. We're going to have time for a few of those towards the tail end of today's show. Uh, But we'll start with Pierre-Luc Dubois, I guess. There's some rumblings that it's the LA Kings and the Winnipeg Jets, and they're pretty potentially pretty far along in talks with this potential deal. Dubois to the Kings. Are we getting ahead of ourselves saying it's getting close to the finish yes. line? Yes. Yeah. And and look, um, some evidence this morning that the Montreal Canadiens have reengaged on the Pierre-Luc Dubois front. So they're not out of it. I believe the other teams that have been in the mix for Pierre-Luc Dubois include the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. All of those Well, the Blue Jackets Jackets doesn't really make any sense to go back down that path. I think there's been some intrigue there of just the idea of that player and the fit. Um, But they want a good young centerman. Yes. And 
you know, I, again, I don't see that happening. I, I think he's a guy that wants to call his shot and wants to play in the market that he wants to play in. Obvious, it's obvious to everyone that it's Montreal. But the problem with that is that it's also obvious to Montreal and they don't necessarily want to go and spend assets to go get a guy that they, you know, hey, just sign a one-year deal somewhere and you can come play for us in a year for free. Yeah. So the way I had it written down was, is the extension the only thing getting in the way of Dubois becoming a king? And I guess the answer to that is no. It's maybe not quite that far down the line. Still a couple of teams engaged. From a king's perspective, does it make sense for them to be going down this path? Like, is Dubois the piece they need? I sit there and go, if you're talking to Winnipeg, you should be talking about Hellebuck if you're the LA Kings. With Deneau and Kopitar, like, is slotting Dubois into that rotation of centermen? Is that really the move that's going to put them over the top? Or is it adding, is it splurging unnecessarily? I don't think it's, well, first off, we don't know what the return is. Yeah, that's so fair. that's one part of it. I personally, I think when you consider the market for Dubois, even as a premier 25 year old center, that's a power forward that can, you know, realistically give you 30 and 30 every yeah. year. Given that you also need to pay him, I think the market for Dubois is a step down from what the Ottawa Senators paid to get um, Alex to bring it a year ago. So that was the number seven overall pick, yep. a second and a third. And the difference is it's a totally different market because the Jets want to get actual players back on their roster that they value because they want to try and compete. So they're, you're dealing in two different markets, but the point is to bring it was a four and I know he's not a center, but a 40 goal scorer that was, you know, one year younger than Dubois is now that also had another year left on his deal at $6.9 million. So there is, you know, again, different market, but I think you have to temper expectations on the return for the jets because the idea that you then have to go out and pay this guy, which is obviously proving to be difficult. Um, it's not easy to do. Interesting. Pierre-Luc Dubois seems to kind of have his fingerprints all over where he could potentially end up. Another big rumor we heard this weekend was surrounding Kevin Hayes, St. Louis Blues and the Flyers, apparently in talks there. But if it's kind of funny to compare the two. And Dubois in there, you know, might want to talk extension with whatever team and all that. Hayes, it feels like it's just kind of sitting in no man's land going, I don't know what's happening right now. It seemed like that deal with the Blues was closed. Tory Krug doesn't waive his no trade clause. Things kind of fall apart. What's the latest on Kevin Hayes and the Flyers? Is it also too early to just say, well, they'll make it work with the Blues? Um, not too early to say. I think there is some kind of path for them to revisit it. Okay. But here's what I'll tell you about the St. Louis Blues. They want to be one of the most aggressive teams here in Nashville. You've got a bunch of teams jockeying for that position. You've got the Jets and all the things that we just talked about. We didn't even mention Connor Hellebuck and Mark Scheifele and all that's going on there. The Calgary Flames. What's up with Elias Lindholm? Tyler Toffoli, Michael Backlund, Noah Hannafin, the Flyers and all the pieces that they're going to unload. And then you've got the Blues who are sitting here with two additional first round picks, 25 and 29th overall. They don't have a second this year. I think when it's all said and done on Wednesday night, there's a real chance that after Doug Armstrong makes the number 10, it's not a chance. I think it's a likelihood that after he makes the number 10 overall pick, that he doesn't step to the podium again or make a selection in the NHL draft until the third round on Thursday. And they don't have a second. Um, they have two picks in the third. So we're talking about the pick they got from Dallas. 25 and 29. 25 and 29. So then even if they get Hayes, like is a first rounder going to be involved in this Hayes deal? Like 
who are some other pieces I guess the Blues could be potentially targeting outside of Hayes? Or what areas of their lineup are they looking to improve on? Look, I, I think they're involved in a whole bunch of different markets. They want to reshape the the view of their defense. Obviously, with Tory Krug potentially being moved out and him blocking that no trade, which is well within his right, they want to try and do it a little bit differently. Krug is an undersized guy who's been hurt for a quarter of the season in all three years that he's played in St. Louis. They probably want a, a different, you know, if Sanheim was part of that deal, it tells you that they're looking to to change the shape of it yeah. want to get a bit bigger on the back end. And then the other part is I think they want to remake and add to their forward group. They want guys that are 25 and under that they think can contribute to their team for a long time. Doug Armstrong wants to win. He has no interest in taking picks that are going to take five years to develop and make an impact on the blues lineup. They want to win and they want to turn it around quickly. And again, I, I think he might be my pick, given how aggressive he wants to be, for a guy that gets the most done this week. We're going to have a little bit more on that in a second, but to put a bow on the Kevin Hayes topic, let's say, you know, in this, as the news gets out that the deal with the Blues is maybe falling apart, is there, are there other teams who are some other teams who are maybe looking at Kevin Hayes and going, ah, oh, maybe we can revisit things here? Well, I, I think part of the issue is, there's a lot of teams that like Kevin Hayes that can't afford him. Okay. So they're saying, I think Kevin Hayes at $4 million a year is good value. With three years left, though, it's hard. But to- that's okay. okay. He's he's a 25 to 27 goal scorer, 55 to 60 points. Mm-hmm. He may not be fast, but he's one of those guys that looks... If you just watch his game, and I'm sure Stephen Ellis will appreciate when I say it. If you watch his game, you look and you might say he's lazy. But he's actually, his work rate is pretty good. It's just that he doesn't look like he's working hard. And that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But if you consider his, I think he's a really complete player. He kills penalties, plays well in his own end. Those things, 25, 55 points, defensive player, and kills penalties, like at 4 million bucks a year, tell me how many better centers you're getting on the market at that price point. That's absolutely fair. Uh, let's move on to our fourth topic today. We were calling it Blockbuster Watch, Frank. Teams were looking at and going, oh, they might do something spicy. You mentioned the Blues, Doug Armstrong, so we'll set them off to the side. The obvious candidates, Calgary, Winnipeg. We know those two want to be active. Philly, we know, wants to be active as they look to kickstart this rebuild a little bit. But give me your kind of off-the-radar GM who's lurking around the streets of Nashville and maybe making the look a big, make a big splash this week. Um, I, I think there's a couple teams that are lurking. I think two of them are in New York. Don't really, really have a good sense of what Lou Lamorello is up to with the Islanders. They don't have a first round pick. I'm curious to see what they do to, to change the makeup of their team. I, I, in some ways they're locked in and are going to run it back. But at the same time, I think they have to do something a little bit differently. They're, they've been trying to get Scott Mayfield signed, for instance, to keep him. Uh, they've been working on that. Um, I think the Rangers too are interesting. Like they've had, um, you know, when you consider where they're at, they've had Barkley Goodrow. That's his name's been floating out there as a salary dump. I think they want to try and get back to a level that they thought they were at when they had Kane and Tarasenko on the right side of their lineup. That's something that's intriguing to them. Like, I don't see those teams being sort of uppercase teams that make a splash, but I also have my eye on 
the Toronto Maple Leafs and what happens this week with William Nylander. Brad Tree Living, I think, is pushing hard to get a Nylander contract extension done, or at least the parameters of an extension, so that he can then move on to other parts of his business. That's their first preference and priority. However, I will tell you that if at some point Brad Tree Living finds that there's no path forward or that talks with William Nylander have reached a dead end and there's going to be no way to get this done. I don't want to speak in any sort of absolutes, but I would say that if it got to that point and I have no indication that it's there anywhere close, that he wouldn't be afraid to move him. I think that's a tough guy to go into the year with not having an extension done. And this is one of those periods, you know, now until July 5th, to really reinvent your team and do something a little bit different if that's the path you want to go down. Mm-hmm. Like I said, priority and preference. Get William Nylander signed. Get Austin Matthews signed. But Nylander in particular, he's been down this path before with Nylander's agent, Louis Gross. The first time around, Nylander's negotiation with the Maple Leafs wasn't that easy. Different regime. He's going to be expensive, and we'll see where all this goes. But... I, I, in the back of my head, I have a sneaky sort of, um, you know, just like a, a little reminder, like keep, keep William Nylander in mind this week as you, as you see things begin to advance. So not that they're shopping him, not that they're not even at looking all. to they move him right they now. They have not, to yeah. my knowledge, engaged in any trade discussions whatsoever. First and foremost, get William Nylander yeah. signed. My question is, what happens if you run into a roadblock? What happens if you reach a dead end? Then what? Yeah, that's something to watch out for. All right, let's uh, keep the show moving along here. We got our pal Stephen Ellis waiting in the wings. Let's get to this week's edition of The Next Wave. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The next wave, as always, brought to you by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. A little bit of a tighter squeeze because Stephen Ellis is sliding in to the studio here. What's going on here? Oh, it's just, look, it's tight. We're very shoulder to shoulder. Jeez, Frank. Uh, Stephen, let's start with your mock draft. New one, the final one, up now at dailyfaceoff.com. And the big question, you know, Bedard one, Carlson two, or sorry, Ventilli two, Carlson three. You have Mitchkov going four to the Sharks. Explain. So Mitchkov to the Sharks makes the most sense to me because, you know, Mike Greer started, he's new last year to the team. He's kind of in this rebuilding mode. And this is a guy that by the maybe competitive, Mitchkov will be ready to go. We're obviously waiting three years for him. A lot of prospects outside of maybe the top five of most years take two to three years. So yeah. It's not like this huge weight like some people are, are kind of making out to be. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, though, if, if other teams go out there and try to make a move. You know, Washington Capitals have been a team that's been linked to them for sure. And part of that's the Russian factor. Could the Flyers make a move? Could If he doesn't go to San Jose, does Montreal pick him? I think just for the long-term future, it makes sense for him to go to San Jose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they could also go the Will Smith route, which would make a lot of sense to me. you get that number one center in need. So before we move off of Mitchkov, I want to just point out mentioned on the DFO rundown earlier today with Jason Greger that there was some speculation heading into the weekend that the flyers are one of the teams that's interested in Mitch Now, not only do I think that's accurate, but I do have reason to believe that part of the push for the flyers to make the moves, uh, whether it's Hayes or whoever it might be to get them into the first round, Sanheim, Lawton, Konechny, They want to take whatever they can get and cobble that together, I think, in a package to try and attempt to move up from seven to the four or five range to guarantee that they could try and get Mitchkov. Now, that's not set in stone. No idea how the draft board is going to play out. And I personally don't think the Sharks have any interest in moving number four. But just something to keep an eye on as we get closer to draft night that if you see the Flyers accumulate additional first round picks, that that could be part of their motivation is to try and get their hands on a player that for a team that's just beginning its rebuild, the timing might actually be perfect to finally get him into their lineup in 2026. So moving on with your, your mock draft, Steven, um, you have Zach Benson outside of the top 10 and you have him going at number 12. Is that a, play in your mind if if Benson continues to fall down the board on draft night yeah like I have him as being I think number six in my prospect rankings and I just think the skills there um you know very elite I, I hate using the word elite but in terms of a shot in terms of the way he generates offense he could do it all but he's five foot nine and you know we typically see guys that are five foot nine fall down in the rankings and that's a really tough situation there so I have him going to Arizona which would be a huge pickup for them I think they're going to continue to load up here I have Arizona picking Dalbert Dvorsky with their first pick and that's someone who just brings that work ethic and if you have Logan Cooley and, and Dvorsky as your one-two center punch that's going to be really dangerous down the line but then you also throw in a guy like like Zach Benson who could generate a lot of offense who can be that play driver that's something where that'd be great so that is a value pick for me I think he should go top 10 just from a lot of conversations I think I'm alone there unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, look, 
I think part of the reason why it's been a little bit slow getting to this point in terms of trades and transactions, Stephen, is a lot of people might see some of this wait until actually on the floor itself because they're so curious to see how the draft board unfolds. So as you get later in that first round, who's one guy that you think could be very interesting taken late in round one on Wednesday night? So the one that I'd be looking for is Etienne Moran, uh, who plays in QMJHL, and I have him going to Toronto with that pick. Now the question is, will Toronto keep that pick? I kind of go on the assumption every year that Toronto will trade that first round pick. <laughs> um, but with, with him, it's a guy that Dan Marr, the the, um, the director of NHL Central Scouting, went out and said that that's the guy that he think would be the first defenseman picked if he had his way. And you know, just part of it is just the way he sees the game. And, when you look at these young guys, there's a lot of defensemen who can score, a lot of defensemen who can, you know, hit. But there's not a lot of guys who actually are super strong defensively in their own zone. With him, you do get that. Moran is very good in his own zone. He's about as good of a passer as you'll get. Very good hockey IQ. He just thinks the game ahead of everyone else. So, you know, I, maybe I'm not necessarily convinced that he's going to be this super great prospect yet. But it just from conversations I've had, there's a lot to think there's still some untapped potential for him to have this huge year in the QMJHL and be this top. So, so what you're saying is you think that there's the chance for Moran to be this year's version of Lane Hudson? I can see that. I can okay. See that. I mean, let's let's yeah. remind everyone how bold of a prediction that is, or at least conjecture from Dan Marr saying David Reinbacher, Sandine mm-hmm. Pelica, uh, Tom Willander. Like, there's a whole bunch of defensemen in this draft that, you, you know, you watch specifically those two Swedes continue to rise up the rankings that to say Moran would be the first guy he takes is a pretty big deal. That, that one kind of surprised everybody at the draft combine. I will want to say though, I did pick, I, I had Lane Hudson at number 10 last year. I was very confident. In it, so I'm happy it worked out. And he went 62, 62. to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, our pal Barra in the YouTube chat wanted to know who will be this year's Moritz Sider. Maybe a surprising D man who could slide up the boards. I, that would probably be Moran. Yeah. Uh, although I did have Sider as a, as a top six pick. That really? Year. I was very high on him. It's a guy that played a lot. I didn't play a lot, sorry, in Germany, but when he played, his Mm -hmm. numbers looked really good. So uh, I'd say the closest stylistically, though, is David Reinbach. So, by the way, to point out, Mo Sider going to Detroit, I remember being in the draft that year and hearing the audible gasps of, where'd this guy come from? No one had him going this high. Keep an eye, beside you, (laughs) keep an eye on the Detroit Red Wings again. Steve Eiserman, not afraid to go off the board and get the guy that he really likes. Yeah. And they're uh, picking at nine. Last one I got for you, Stephen, is the goalie question. We floated this to you a couple times over the last month. Uh, our friends at Botano have the line set at half for goalies taken. Over or under half a goalie taken. What's your pick there? Well, I think one uh, at this point. And Frank was one that kind of brought it up. You know, there could be multiple here. I'm going with uh, San Jose specifically picking Michael Rabbi. And that one's interesting because they do pick early in the, the second mm-hmm. round. And they'll probably have a goalie available. But if it does, if the pressure is on to pick up a guy... <laughs> And this guy is the best goalie in this year's draft, Rabbi. You go for him. A guy who is listed as six foot six somewhere, six foot seven other places. A goalie that I think has all the raw talent to be a very strong goalie. I think the biggest issue is the way he kind of covers the, the bottom of the net, which you do see from time to time. But uh, I think that he'll be the, the goalie drafted for sure. I also do want to mention, I, I forgot, I want to say this is a start, uh, but the sad news about Alex Graham, the prospect of mm. in Great Britain. He was one of the top young guys there and sad to see him pass away at 20. And, um, we just want to point out with Rabble too going if he does go in the first round. You mentioned the the frame six foot six, six foot seven, but also the idea that 
He's a Czech guy that's going to be playing at UMass mm-hmm. next year. Really helps. Teams are intrigued about the idea of getting their, not their hands on him, but having closer touch to a goalie in their organization. Interesting stuff. As always, Mr. Ellis, we are about, what, 48, 72 hours away from round one of the NHL draft. I shouldn't be trying to count that quickly on the air, but uh, <laughs> appreciate your insight. Look forward to all of your uh, articles and work coming up at dailyfaceoff.com. I can't wait. This is Christmas. Check out the Daily Faceoff Draft Hub. Go to dailyfaceoff.com. Right on the menu bar there, Draft Hub. All of Steven's work from the past six months, including more than 30 player prospect profiles. Amazing work by Steven. No one watches more hockey. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I bet you Steven watches more hockey than 95% of front office members in the NHL. And, <laughs> and I'm all, not exaggerating. And it all comes down to this week. Look forward to your work. Thanks, Steven. Rank, let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question. And there's a lot of them. Over 300 people watching right now on our YouTube. Hammer that like button if you got a second. Uh, let's start with this one. It just came in from Anthony C. Who says, are the Sabres in on Hannafin or any other top 4D? I don't have any evidence of that. And I think one thing that you're going to see when it comes to the Sabres this week and beyond even heading into free agency is I think Kevin Adams is going to be really strict about the spots that he's handing out to outsiders. Meaning we saw this last year with the Sabres. They didn't want to give up an opportunity to anyone that wasn't in their organization because they wanted to give everyone a chance to continue to grow. And unless there's someone that they really feel can authentically be a top four contributor and not just for a short term, but for a long term, then I don't see them being in the mix. And I kind of think when you, when you consider Hannafin and his age scheme, like not to say he, he, he's too old, but it kind of feels like they'd probably go in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, we got another one in here from Christopher who wants to know if the Bruins are going to be able to move out enough cap space to get Bertuzzi back. I think they're trying and would like to, but I think what they've understood to this point is that it's probably going to be too expensive to pull off. Mm. That is fair. Uh, Tyler Mulek wants to know if we're having some Nashville hot chicken later today. The answer to that is yes. The answer is like literally yes. In the NHL awards show, I will be on stage eating hot chicken. So it's you, it's biz. It's the, you get, there's a whole thing like Elliot Friedman. Watch the awards McHugh. on TV. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good. Uh, over under eight and a half beers tonight from Mulek as well. We'll see. I think that's an interesting line. I'm not willing. Definitely to the it. under for me. I'm not, I cannot be aggressive to like maybe Wednesday yeah. night is like when you could maybe this let is your too big of a gas. week for, for the insider game. too much going on for me. I just got to wake up and plug some stuff in. I can, I can maybe hit, I can maybe get close to that line this evening. Uh, speaking of lines, let's talk a little betting courtesy of our friends at Botano. You heard Stephen Ellis talk about where he sees Matt Bay Mitchkov potentially going. Or to San Jose, you talked about the Flyers and their interest in them. Our friends at Botano have the line set at four and a half, Frank, with the overpaying minus 182 and the underpaying plus 135. So if you think he's going to go four like Ellis does, you're getting plus 135, above four, minus 182. The payout's not great on that over, but I no. think that might be the play for Mitchkov, no? I would take the over four and a half, Yeah, but that's just me. We also uh, talked about the goaltending over half a goalie minus 154 in the first round as well. What was Michael Rabble's position there? Ooh, Michael Rabble. Oh, I, I don't see. Him. Yeah, he's right. He's right there. Oh, 
over under 32 and a half. Oh, I take the under. He would, I think he would be the first goalie taken as, uh, as Steven has pointed out. So if that's the case and you think a goalie's go, that's the, maybe that's the better odds. Yeah. It instead is. of the goalie taken in the first round, you go Michael Rabble under 32 and a half. There you go. Our friends at Patano. I mean, Frank, we're looking at the screen right now. There is a lot to choose from. You can bet on Canadian players, how many will go in the first round and things like that. Great stuff up at Patano. Check them out, patano.ca. And let's wrap up our show, Frank, with a little bit of garbage time. And this is the, I'll take this one. This is the second NHL draft I'm getting to cover. And I remember at the All-Star game down in Florida, we raved about how smart it was for the league to put that in a spot people want to go to, right? Players want to go to. We didn't have a lot of people opting out. Ovechkin and Crosby were both there. You go to a destination spot, attendance goes up. I also kind of want to applaud the NHL for putting the awards right here in Nashville. I think attendance is going to be up for that. I saw makes my life easier. Around. I used to have to go from Vegas to wherever the draft yeah. was, like Buffalo or somewhere. And it's like, why get on a plane the morning before the draft? Having Do it them, all in one spot. Having them all in one spot. Having it feels like the entire league in Nashville and a well, spot. They literally are. Yeah, and in a spot where everything's like kind of walking distance to each other as well. I just wanted to give some stick taps to the league for the way they kind of pulled all this off. Or looks this good. Out. Will be good. And I think the awards tonight with Dirks Bentley hosting a lot of country music stars there. That'll be cool. And yeah, sounds like Vegas next year. So if the Heat was a little bit too much for you in Nashville, which it is for me, I'm like melting. Then Vegas, you're going to turn it up a couple temperatures, a couple notches on the temperature gauge. Uh, All right. A couple more inbox questions here since we have a minute before we wrap up. This one from JB in Philly said, just want to follow up on something from earlier in the show. What is Kevin Hayes' value? Could Hayes alone return a first? I think it's probably a stretch given the term remaining to think that Hayes alone could get to a first, but I think it's probably more in, in the second round pick range. And that's what the flyers have really been trying to gauge is if, you know, how aggressive should we be in, in how much salary salary we're retaining in order to make and find the proper value. Interesting. Uh, we got another one in here from a Red Wings fan, Mitch, who says, does Detroit pick at 17 or is that going to be used to try to get some immediate help? I think they're going to try and take that pick and and move it to get some immediate help. But um, I, I think the Red Wings, especially since they are already at nine, can afford to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I think they need to make some progress here with this rebuild at you know, it seems like the patience is beginning to wear a little bit thin in the marketplace of they want to see this team get back to being competitive and, you know, a nice little step forward last year. But I think little is probably the operative word. Yeah, uh, we were talking about some moves that happened over the weekend. We did not discuss Sean Dersey to the Arizona Coyotes for a second round pick. They're going to pick twice in the first round. They have another second this year. They have eight four, total. Yeah, yeah, they they have a total second round picks over the next three, three drafts. Years. They have four third rounders. You have reported that this is an organization that's looking to maybe kick it into high gear a little bit. Stop with the taking on bad contracts and look to actually improve when it comes to what they could be looking to do. Could that 12th overall be in play or are they looking at second and thirds? Nope. They're picking six and 12 unless something happens and they slide down a little bit with that sixth overall pick, which I don't see. I think they're pretty excited and comfortable picking at six and 12 and they're going to try and leverage the cap space that they have to mm-hmm. get better players that might, you know, be on the fringes or the outside on their current team. And then 
you use those second round picks as well to try and just get a little bit better. And they're also going to try and I think convince a few free agents, nothing, not big, no big spending, but convince some guys to take a chance on Arizona. All right. Uh, all right. That is going to be a wrap. If we didn't have time to get to your inbox question, drop them in tomorrow. Cause we're going to be here all week live 11 a.m. Central noon Eastern time. Cause it's NHL draft week in Nashville. Great stuff, Frank, big shout out to Steven Ellis as well. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern. Chat with you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard 
cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.